What's up, sports fans? As always, I'm your host, Nicholas Anderson. Thank you for tuning in again to the Nerd to Lift podcast. Today on Nerd to Lift, we have the man, the up and coming legend in my eyes, Mr. Cody Blasick. Blasick. I'm going to have to clarify the exact pronunciation of his name, but Cody. Also, at Deadlifting and Stuff on the Instas, is an 82.5 kilo powerlifter, and he totals 2,000 pounds at 181 pounds. I believe he even weighed in lower than that. So at the tribute meet, which was in Texas, the Pioneer tribute meet, there was two men to total 2K at the 181-pound division. Cody was one of them. Cody competed in the Classic Raw, so he used knee wraps, not knee sleeves. The second person to do it at that meet, which was John Hack, uh, also known as Bilbo Swaggins on the Instas, he did it with knee sleeves, not knee wraps. They are so far, to my knowledge, the first two lightest 2k total uh totalers at that weight class which is insane uh cody squatted 744 pounds benched 45 and deadlifted 771 to secure that 2k total at the tribute which is just an insane and i watched it and i watched it in the live stream his performance was honestly was just a dream to watch. He had awesome attempt selection. Um, I believe he went, I want to say he went eight for nine, only missing his last deadlift, um, which was last deadlift, which was an eight oh. He attempted eight oh four, but couldn't quite get it. Uh, he got it to just about his below his knee, but I mean he'll get it next time for sure. And it was just a hell of a day, and it was awesome watching him. Uh, his squats were fast, his bench was controlled, and his pulls were textbook. So uh, I'm, I was just, I had to have him on. So I messaged him, and he agreed to come on uh, with the disclaimer that he's a naturally shy person, and it's going to probably be a tough interview for me. But I don't give a fuck because. I mean, his performance and his composure was impressive, and I just had to pick his brain. So that's what we have coming up. But of course, before we do, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, Viking Performance Chalk, as always, the best dusty stuff for lifting heavy shit, Calvary Illustrations, The Johnny Horror Show on YouTube, uh, RPE Emo, love you guys. Still, if you can, go check them out. RPEemo.bigcartel.com. They got some awesome swag. Uh, Their shirts are hilarious. Uh, So, thank you guys always for your support. And thank you all for listening and making Season 2 awesome. This is Episode 6 of Season 2. 
and which would be 16 episodes total of the entirety of the show since it's began. And uh, it's been something really special for me. Um, yeah, I, just, I really love doing it. I really love doing the show. It's become something that I look forward to. And, um, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I want and just keep enjoying myself. And I'm glad you guys enjoy it with me. That's uh, pretty special. All right. Enough of my blabbering and my loving along. Let's get Cody on the goddamn show. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome. No problem. I appreciate it. So, um... I gave a little bit of an intro uh, on the show uh, just now before you called in. Um, I mentioned your really awesome 2K total at the Tribute, which I really enjoyed watching. Um, but, of course, uh, that was really it. And I'd kind of really like to know a little about you. So if you could maybe introduce yourself and uh, how you got started into lifting. All right. Well, I'm Cody Blazik, for those that don't know me. Um, I started lifting uh, probably sometime around like 6th or 7th grade. Um, I've been playing sports my entire life. Um, high school, I was playing baseball, football, track, wrestling, and the gym during those sports, um, outside of practices also, but, um, so was continuing lifting weights then during high school and, uh, after high school did a year of wrestling in college. And so after being in sports pretty much my entire life, it just kind of came natural for me to continue going to the gym and lifting weights, which is kind of a normal thing for me to do. And uh, I did pretty much uh, the typical bro lifts, that's what you want to call it, for quite a while. I, I like the idea of uh, trying to essentially just get bigger and stronger any way possible. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'd say uh, I've been competing in powerlifting now for about three years. And about a year or two prior to that, I switched my focus to powerlifting specific stuff in the gym. So I think I've been focused on powerlifting specifically for probably about the past five years then. That's, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a good while, especially to, since you've been doing sports all your life. Um, how old are you now? I'm 33. Okay. Well, I thought you were like 28, 29. So you're a young looking 33. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, so, uh, so 33, about five years. So that's about, uh, 20, what, 27, 28 that you, yeah, you found yeah, it. That's about, yeah. That's about the time I today specifically started focusing on powerlifting. All right. That, that actually gives me hope because I, I'm 29. I will be 30 and I, I've been lifting since I was 21, but I ha didn't find powerlifting the sport until uh, about you know a little little over a year ago and uh and that's one thing i have worried about was you know or i've been bummed it's like i, I found i found the sport late and so yeah. you know and i go I, i've done two meets so far and all the guy and i also competed the the 82 and a half at least for right now and they're all like 20 
2023, 24, yeah, and 22. Exactly. And I'm just like, fuck, I'm really behind. Yeah. God damn it. Everything I've ever heard about uh, powerlifting, you know, you hear a lot of people say, you know, you kind of hit your prime, like around, you know, your mid 30s or so. And some, some guys can still be competitive by the time they're 40 or so. That's what, I mean, that, yeah, hopefully that works for me. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, that's that's what I'm banking on because I feel like I was like, I you know I, you know I think I maybe it's an unkind word, but I wasted most of my early 20s. I've always been active, but yeah. to like to find like serious training and competition, which I really enjoy, and I did competitive karate when I was a kid, so like I like that, but I didn't yeah. find the sport, and I'm just like, where was this when I was 23? <laughs> or what did I? I could. I know it's been around, but I didn't find it, and unfortunately. Yeah, see, I was kind of the same way as you. Like, I was kind of aware of powerlifting, but like, I never really looked that far into it. Yeah, so, like, 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 I, I yeah. didn't realize like there was you know some meets in my area, and I just you know never really paid much attention to it. And like, like I realized like at the time, like yeah, I was strong for like. Just like my typical, I worked out in Anytime Fitness for, I think, probably like eight years or so. I'm like, obviously, I was like strong for someone in there, but I guess I didn't realize how competitive I would have been, like, in a powerlifting um, point of view. Yeah, I I can't relate to that. I've, I'm definitely not competitive nor naturally strong. <laughs> so that's a good problem to have. But yeah, it's, it's true uh, in the, in the sense of I couldn't, I never, I, I knew powerlifting was a thing, but I didn't understand the sport. I didn't, couldn't tell you like the rules other than I knew that they squatted and benched and deadlifted in some variation or form, but I, I couldn't, I didn't know what the totals were made up of and I didn't, you know, or anything like that. And, um, but it, I mean, I'm glad I found it now and, <laughs> you know, so that's good. Um, when, when, so when did you find it though, as like, as a sport, like when did you, you know, or no, like find out that, Oh, Hey, there's meats around here and Oh, I, I can probably go and compete. Um, yeah, it was about the time where like I, I started focusing specifically on powerlifting. Like, like I kind of, at the time, like I, I didn't have, Instagrams, and that seems to be like the biggest outlet for powerlifting of like you know showing people's progress and stuff like that, and I guess the more popular ones. And so I didn't really have that to compare myself to, and so occasionally I'd look on uh, like YouTube or whatever, and like try and like find people around my size to see if like I'd be competitive with those people. I was like, all right, well, you know, I think I might be able to compete with these guys, and uh, went and did my first meet did really well and been competing ever since nice and so what what was your first meet and what did you total that first meet and what was what was that experience like like that first meet going into that um so i'm from iowa my first meet was it was in dubuque it's a upa meet um I competed at the 82 and a half class. Um, my total, or yeah, my, my squat was a, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think my best squat was a 628 in wraps. Bench was, I think 
429 and my deadlift was uh, 699. So I totaled 1757 for my first meet. <laughs> fuck off, Cody. Just fuck, <laughs> fuck off. I did okay. I went to my first yeah. meet and it was, yeah. I did, I did okay. I did okay. Yeah, I think that put me in uh, top 10 in the, that weight class for all time. It's like, all right, well, maybe, uh, maybe this is going to work out pretty well for me. Think, uh, <laughs> you, I, I think like, so. I think it'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> like you said, like, like, like how do I do, or I guess like how do I do, I guess, uh, in the setting or whatever. Um, like I said, I wrestled in high school and college. And so being in that type of atmosphere, I think just kind of comes natural to me. It. It uh, it, it it usually does. I feel for wrestlers or any martial artists. I mean, again, that's yeah. my background. Also, like I'm I'm my best on game day. Like I love that day of competition. Of course, you know you're nervous, maybe you know a little bit. The nerves yeah. are there, but you kind of thrive off of it, and yeah, exactly. you just kind of get in the zone. And like my my second meet, I I tanked. Um, I just I couldn't show up that day, but uh, but even then, I still loved being there. And I still love like doing it and you know being in that environment. And I think I think that's something special that wrestlers, you know, and all martial artists, um, if you do that for any amount of time, is something that really translates to anything else that they take it to. Is just you know digging that environment. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I'm not really saying this for everyone, but it seems like there's some people that maybe uh, their nerves get the best form of them, like uh, maybe newer lifters or whatever. And, like, you know, having a wrestling background, like, I've been wrestling since I was, like, six years old. And, like, you know, you're, it, you're the only one out there. It's you and the person you're wrestling. And so, like, being up on a stage or whatever and, you know, everyone's looking at you watching, like, honestly, I, it doesn't even affect me. I don't even pay attention to people that are there. It doesn't even cross my mind. Yeah. It, it, you zone out. And it just doesn't yeah, – exactly. you, you just zone and you just focus on the technique. And then, you know, obviously if you're, you know – if you're against somebody else, you just focus on what that person's doing and you're breathing. That's all I ever remember. I remember my breathing and, you know, you know, what I'm, what I need to focus on technically. Um, and then when I competed then yeah, it was just the other person. Like you forget that you're in front of people, you know, and you don't even hear anything, at least for me, like whenever. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Like, I, I, my goal is just like, okay, at least try and pay attention to the head judge. So that way I, I can follow the commands. Yeah, that's it. Just, I just do the commands. Like that's all, yeah. you know, and honestly, I just, I just look at the hand, but other than bench, yeah. like, I mean, you know, that's really it. But other than that, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking at his lips and his hand and everything else just kind of goes away. I mean, I think that's what hooked me like on my first meet was that it was the closest thing that I have found to, and when I did competitive, you know, martial arts, um, yeah. and that just, you know, instead of being a person, it's a big thing of weight, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, other than that, like that, that's really it. Like there's still technique there's still breath work. There's still preparation and then you have to overcome it or it'll hit you back or in this case, crush you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, or maybe we have a few you know bolts, but I feel like that just, that just feels real, real at homey, you know, <laughs> real homey. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, and vice versa. I think if, you know, a few people, you know, either get into weightlifting or powerlifting, but they've never done martial arts and they're looking for, like, an off-season or, like, a different activity, 
I think uh, like wrestling or jujitsu or any other, you know, martial arts that they can do um, would suit them well. I think they just. I think the the two sports carry over well. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I noticed that a few powerlifters even getting into some form of jujitsu. So, because it, you know, it's comparable form. So. Yeah, just it's comparable mindset and um, the demand physically. It's different, but it, the dem- I think the demand physically and and like existentially is very much the same. Because again, it's either you against the weight or you against the person, and. And and no one likes losing, missing a rep, and no one likes getting pinned. So yeah, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> it really fucking sucks. That's see, you forget. We always forget about the crowd. You don't hear anything, but then you get pinned, and you're like, "Fuck!" Everybody's here, <laughs> and they saw that. Yeah. Shit, that's the worst <laughs> for a while, and then you learn from it. Um, yeah. And so I, I mean, after your, you know, you did your first meet, and obviously did very well. Um, yeah, did that bug just kind of hit you? Did you kind of you know go back home and be like, all right, I want to I want to do that again? Yeah. So at that point, you know, like I said, I think that put me somewhere in like the top ten in the weight class. It's like, all right, well, what's it going to take for me to progress? And like, and so you know, just kind of doing what I was doing before, it seemed to be I was making really good progress. So I figured no sense in trying to change things up too drastically and. So I did another meet, I think it was somewhere about around nine or 12 months later, and it was the same meet, local meet up in Dubuque here in Iowa, and I think I added like 100 or 110 pounds to my total, so it was 1868, and I think that put me somewhere around top five. I was like, all right, well, I'm this far now, so you know, at that point, you're kind of thinking, all right, well what's it going to take for me to get to the top? Yeah. And so what, what did your programming, so what was your, say the year, the programming you ran going into your first meet or like what you were doing and then the, you know, how was that similar? Obviously you say it's not broke. You don't fix it going into the second meet. And how is that different from what you're running? Uh, what do you ran for? I do want to kind of get into like what you did to prep for the tribute, but just for this part of this little segment, like, how are they similar? How are they different? Uh, definitely a lot of differences. Like my first meet, like I said, I, I was decently new, and like my, I guess what little I understood about powerlifting is like, all right, well, you want to start lifting heavier weight, and at that point, can't be doing high reps with it. So you know, um, I would focus a lot on if I was going heavier just kind of do like a three by three or something like that and i think if i remember like getting closer to that meet you know a few few weeks out i was like testing my maxes on squat bench and dead and that way i felt like it'd give me a good idea of what i'd be capable of hitting uh come meet day and uh now um I have a coach that does my meat preps for me, uh, Justin Dubs, and I kind of uh, just have him keep me in line so that way I'm not doing anything too crazy. And like I said, like I didn't really have a very good idea of what I was doing going into my first meet. I just knew I was kind of supposed to drop volume and increase weight. So it, it's... I think what I'm doing now, I wouldn't say it's too complicated. 
So it, it, I mean, heading into the tribute, it's, I usually, uh, I like just doing like an eight week prep. I know some people are doing like 12, 16 week preps. I've done a 12 week prep before. Like, as, I don't know, it seemed like it took too much out of me and it just drug on. So I like my eight week preps. They're quick. Like, I don't feel like I get too beat up from them. And it's kind of simple. Like, eight weeks out, I'm doing some wider work, maybe around 80% or something. Um, two more reps than what I, I mean, not high rep stuff, but lower rep stuff, but like more sets of it. And then, you know, closer I get to the meet, start increasing the weight, maybe start just doing singles about four weeks out or so. And uh, those are just the main movements. And then um, I let Justin kind of just uh, tell me what to do for my accessory work. Yeah, just tell me what to do. Just don't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I was like, I'll do the work. Just tell me what to do, It's and I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. And sometimes it's the best way. And would you say it's kind of like a, you know, does Justin kind of maybe program kind of like a linear uh, yeah, linear progressiveness in yeah, that sense? Yeah, I, I think that's the best way to probably put it. Like, it, it's really not too complicated, and I think that's just what works for me. I don't like to overcomplicate things too much, and I mean, there's not a whole lot to it, I guess, in my opinion. Hey, man, there's there's a there's a profound uh, you know there's a profoundness to simplicity, and I don't think there's anything ever like simple about it, just because. Um, I, I talked about that also. Um, um, he is we, he like we like I and I like it too. Just that straightforward, you know, simple linear progression. You know, with maybe with some back downs and obviously adjusting your more sets, less and less reps. And I like doing that too. I like having. I'd rather have more sets of like triples and fours, and you know, and then some back downs and whatnot, as opposed to doing you know higher rep sets. I'd rather do more sets of it. Um, but if it's not broke, like you said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, I mean, that's really powerlifting. It's like you, you do the work and put in the weight, moving the weight and recover well. Like that's, that's how you get stronger. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I'm not the, I, I guess I haven't really, uh, dug too deep into like different types of programming. So, I mean, ever since I've kind of been in powerlifting, this seems to be a what's working for me so um justin picked up on that pretty quickly and you know we've been working together i think we've done three meets together now and i set a new total pr every time so i feel like whatever we're doing seems to be working uh yeah we definitely would say it's working (laughs) um i mean you know and then you know to we can segue into that like yeah the you were Technically, the first one to hit 2K at 181, you know, John Hack obviously did it in sleeves the next day um, also. But I believe you weighed in lighter than him, didn't you? Didn't you weigh in at like 178 or something like that? Um, I want to say that day I was 179. Okay. Which, uh, I, think, I think that's the heaviest I've ever weighed in. Which is which is so weird because honestly you look you look stacked like I don't know how tall you are but like yeah I'm pretty short so I'm only five foot six I mean, okay I mean that's not that's not I check my height and quite a while so I wouldn't be surprised if I'm shorter now ever since powerlifting and 
the weight smashing me down. But True. Last time I checked, I was five foot six. Okay, so but still, that's I mean, still like that's average height. You're not like super short, uh, but you're yeah. I mean, you 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 look like a very stacked eighty two kilo you know lifter. Well, I, that, I'm also like really unproportional. I think a lot of people notice like. Like my calves specifically, I literally I, I don't have like any calves, and my legs are decently small too. So <laughs> mm, my, I don't, my body's decently big. I, I'll agree with you. Yeah, yeah, you do. You have you have really big Hulk shoulders. Like I remember, I watched. Uh, there was like one angle of your opener for your deadlift that they had um, on the live stream, and and at lockout before they sit down, you just you you, you basically had a shoulder pump from just the deadlift. And it was hilarious because it's like, goddamn, I can't see the rest of his like chest through his shoulder. Uh, and I think I even think some like a commentator said something, and they were just like, he's a really big eighty tour. Um, and the girl, I think it was the girl, and the guy was like, yeah, he's he's pretty stacked. Um, but hey, it's again, it's a it's a it's a good it's a good problem to have. Um, but yeah, but still, I mean, that's a. I mean, really, you you. And it's kind of cool that the first two guys to do it are in the same meet, pretty much consecutively. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. I mean, what are the chances of that, really? Yeah, and in both divisions, like you, classic raw knee wraps, and then him raw sleeves. Um, and, and not only that, I thought it, it was very much like yin and yang. Like like hack. Uh, I don't know how old he is. I know he is younger for sure. I want to say he's in his mid twenties somewhere. Yeah, like I know, like he's. Yeah, like again, I think he's just a little. I think he's like twenty seven, maybe or something like that. Um, and he's and he's like five eleven. You know, he's a little, pulls conventional. He was in sleeves. He squats a little bit high bar ish, um, which is which is like even more insane. And so you have that, and then on the raw side, and then you have you know you the classic raw, a little shorter, a little thicker, low bar pull sumo. So it was like both divisions for both styles. I guess you could say of. That's really powerlifting. You know, high bar, conventional, you know, low bar, sumo, you know, that's that's classic raw, raw. I guess I never even thought of that way, but yeah, it's kind of funny the way that worked out. Yeah, I, I thought so. I mean, maybe no one else like really thought of it like that. I did because I have no friends. I think about stuff like that. So <laughs> I was like, that's really cool. I'm sitting in my house eating pizza, watching this. Like, that's, I like this. Um, it was eating pizza. It was. Uh, <laughs> I went and squatted that night, so I used it, but I did eat pizza. Well, watch well, I guess you're eating pizza. I think uh, between my uh, bench and deadlift, I had a cheeseburger up in my hotel room. Hey, man, that's 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 how you fucking do it. <laughs> I <laughs> go. That's how you you gotta eat it. Well, I'm I'm sitting. I'm I'm over here. Like I, I mean, I compete. Like I said, I, I competed at 83 the past couple of times, but I'm I'm six foot, and I'm I'm a skinny motherfucker. I'm like a draft person. So I'm like yeah. trying to like put on weight. So I'm I'm hoping that if I get like in the like more in like the mid 190s, that I'll I'll look not so disproportionately long. Yeah, yeah I mean it, it's been a while since I've like purposely tried to put on weight, but putting on weight is not easy. Like it's it's yeah. more difficult than I think what a lot of people give. Uh, I, I think so. I mean, I think they both, obviously they both have their challenges and I think both are, you know, we all have our own body dysmorphias, but like, I, I think with, with losing weight though, I think it is more like it's because more people want it. It's more down to a science or there's multiple ways that do work. Obviously caloric deficit, you know, adding in more cardio, whatever you got to do, but then putting on weight and then putting on weight well, so you're that way you're not just putting on fat because like, cause you will, but your body has to like 
recomposite itself and like i'm like like i'm at like 190 193 now and yeah i've had to put on like a little bit more like fluff which i don't necessarily like and i'm trying to like you know you find that balance and and yeah. you know and everybody tells me like yeah well as long as you don't go you know too over the deep end which i don't you know as you your body acclimates to it it'll start to you know be proportionate and you can you, know, you kind of fine tune from there so it's like that that whole that whole fucking spectrum of it is kind of a mind fuck and like you kind of yeah. just like going through the dark like all right oh how this works no, I completely agree. I, I want to say, like, when I, like, I got out of college and, like, I started in the gym, like, at the time, like, my goal, like I said, I was, I, all I cared about was trying to get bigger and stronger, and at the point, at the time, I didn't really care, like, how I got bigger, so, like, I was decently young, early 20s or whatever, and, uh, you know, I'd be at the gym, you were from five to seven days a week, and a lot of my meals consisted of fast food, I was like, all right, well, Seems to be putting on weight doing this. A lot of fast food, a lot of milk. <laughs> you fucking you Midwest Midwest boys and your fast food and milk. It's like <laughs> it's like relatively like good six pack, a little bit of thickness, and you put it on, and you're just strong as oxes. Like, well, honestly, just, just we eat Hardee's and drink lots of milk, and you're just like, fuck, fuck that, fuck you guys. I mean, I was getting I was getting a lot stronger like really fast at that point, but like you said, like I was also putting um, a lot of fluff, but I was like. I didn't care because I was getting stronger. It's like, all right, well, I'm not, like, obese by any means, so screw it. I'll just keep doing this. Yeah, and, like, this kind of thing. You're like, all right, I am getting stronger, and, yeah, you're not getting fat. You're just, you just put on, like, that, uh, what they call, like, a brawler's body, where it's like, you're mus- you got muscular, but also, uh, you know, you have that, too. Yeah, and I always have that in the back of my mind. I was like, all right, well, I have a rest in the back. I know how to cut weight, so, you know, if it ever comes to that point where I need to cut weight, I guess I can, so. Yeah, and that's true. And it's the same with me. Like, I I, know, I can do it, too. Like, I know how to do hit. I can my, – my jump roping from boxing is, is good. So, I mean, I really just – you know, it's just a matter of adding it in when it fits in. That's kind of what I do now. Like, well, is I just – I basically try to make jump roping – or like sled sled pushes or you know sprints and that stuff. And during my like leg days, so anything like squat or deadlift related, afterwards I'll just whatever extra energy I have, I just burn out that way, just to get a little like little extra of that conditioning in. And you know, and like wrestling wrestling teaches you like the most conditioned athlete usually will end up winning all else things equal. If you have that one little bit of like you know better you know better conditioning aerobically, you will probably beat your equal in all else. So yeah, that's definitely one thing I think I had back then when I was wrestling. Like my conditioning was awesome, and then right now, like my conditioning is definitely not to that point because <laughs> I don't focus on it nearly as much as what I was. Yeah, doing back then. it's probably still better than most other powerlifters. I mean, I, I even I even now, like I don't have to focus on it that much, and I, I feel like I have better conditioning and recovery than most other lifters. I mean, within uh, my range, like I'm. Uh, you know. I suppose if I compare myself to like a super heavyweight or something, um, I'll, uh, I'll say my condition is probably better than theirs. Yeah, man. If if you can take if you can, if you can take less than seven to eight minutes between sets, then you're doing you're doing much better than they are. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's a choice, not because you have to. It's <laughs> 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 a choice <laughs> between have to and choice. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, and I, 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 like I said, I wanted to pick your brain. Um, so going to the, so, you know, if you could rewind a little bit before tribute, like before that prep, 
Did you and your coach, uh, Justin, correct? Uh, yes. Did you guys be like, hey, you know, tribute, should we aim for that 2K? Uh, or um, was that a conscious decision? And then you guys obviously programmed and you know, planned around that? Or was that just kind of what, like, you know, from just training? And that was just like the natural progression of adding to your total? Um, so, yeah. Um, so my last meet before that, that was the Open. And so I just broke... Uh, Malik's record, Malik Durson. I broke his record at the U.S. Open with uh, 1956. And so that was just what, like three or four months before this tribute here. Yeah. And both me and Justin agreed that like I definitely still had more left in me, but you know, I didn't have the perfect day at, like I wanted at the Open. And so uh, we definitely knew that. I was capable of a 2,000 total, and so I guess to an extent, that's kind of what we were aiming for. Yeah, and yeah, I would say so. Yeah, if you have the 1956 on a not perfect day, then then it's definitely there. <laughs> that's like okay, <laughs> like yeah, we so can like, get 44 more pounds. Yeah. So leading, leading up to that meet, like I, I just knew, like I even mentioned it to a few people, like Justin and like some of the people. I train with them at gym. It's like, I told them, I was like, you know, if I have a good day on squats, then I'll have a good day all together. And you know, I went three for three on squats. And after that, like I, I was really confident going to the bench, went three for three on bench. And then at that point, all I knew I needed, uh, that 771 deadlift to secure the 2000, which I've hit that multiple times in the gym. I just hit it for my third attempt at, the open, so like, I really wasn't too concerned at that point. Like, I, I knew I kind of had the two thousand total wrapped up at that point. Yeah, which was awesome. And then didn't you didn't you try an eight hundred four for your third deadlift yeah. just for shits so, and giggles? Like, yeah. So like at that point, it's like I've uh, I've always had grip issues on my deadlift, and so my meat prep went pretty much perfect. Like, I don't think it could have went any better. Except on my final heavy deadlift day, I uh, was doing some extra grip work. And so, you know what those fat grips are that you can put oh, on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So I, I put those on and uh, dropped the weight really far down because obviously you can't do nearly as much as weight can without them on. And so I always do like double overhand work with it, with those fat grips on. And so I don't know what I had on there, like 200 or 250 or something. And this is on top of, you know, I do extra grip work throughout the week. So I go to do my first rep with it and uh, one of my fingers pops. Like, I, I honestly don't really know what happened to it. Like, there's a tendon or something that pops in it and it was extremely painful and started swelling up right away. And so <laughs> that was two, I think that was like two weeks out from the tribute. Damn. Yeah. Which which finger? On which hand? Uh it was on my left hand, so that's actually the hand that I don't ever have grip issues with. I was like, all right, well, <laughs> hopefully this is not a big concern. So, so go back to that third attempt deadlift, um, um, 804. I, I really, I know I have the strength for it. It's just my grip strength is the one thing. I think uh, that's my underhand grip. And I could see in the video, like, I started, like, bending my arm 
and I think it was just because I was compensating for like my finger like being it was in quite a bit of pain at that point so yeah I didn't really come very close. I broke the ground with it. You, you did. I, 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 you know, I watched it a few times. Like you get it to like your shin bone, and then yeah. and that's when you you could And so, uh, you know, I wonder with that. And so, when it comes to um, like forearms and biceps and shoulders, uh, I went to sports massage therapy school a few years back, and so that's kind of like my my thing. And uh, I'll fuck people up. <laughs> I think I, I'm not nice about it, but um, and uh, I want to share with you. I, I think uh, I think it, it, you could uh, take something away from it. So my theory with sports massage, as it is with powerlifting, and is that especially with you know obviously heavy load, your muscles will start to shorten because you're obviously putting heavy load and you're going through it as powerlifters do and you know you have that hypertrophy but really you know it's getting tighter and tighter and obviously especially with an upper body you know if you're upper body dominant like you are your forearms are probably Popeye forearms um, I'm assuming um, as, and honestly most powerlifters especially when they get to a really high level um, and most you know if I say something redundant of course you can you can tell me, but like with, with, you know, with most muscles, the force production of the muscle is directly related to how long the muscle is. So the longer the muscle, the more force output, um, the theory I've, I've kind of worked. And when I work with like myself or my other friends who do powerlifting and I work on them is that, you know, the old myth that as you get farther in powerlifting, it takes longer and longer to make any gains. And obviously your newbie gains are your fastest or the most drastic. Um, my theory of why that is because as you get stronger, you're getting stronger, but your muscles getting shorter. Um, and because you're, you know, you're, it's getting bound up and it's getting more hypertrophy. Um, but if a long time lifter an elite lifter can reset some of that, uh, muscle length and kind of get rid of any of those adhesions from all of that load of work and reset the actual length of that muscle, then that lifter can start making, you know, at least better gains than what you know maybe not complete to the newbie side all the way but more substantial um and your forms especially and your bicep that's why people get bicep tendonitis you know when they're benching the bicep gets so like gunked up and starts pulling on their shoulder and on their pec it, like yeah, pulling I, them uh, forward i definitely run into a bicep tendonitis, tendonitis and it's usually during meat prep and for the most part, I've kind of like been able to fix it, and it's just I've had to uh, adjust my training. I used to um, squat first, and the following day I would bench, and yeah. well, being a low bar squatter, and then trying to bench the following day, like my bicep tendons were it was excruciating. It was so painful. Yep. And you know, I just I flipped that around, and it's actually essentially like eliminated like any pain that I used to have. Well, that's good. And keep doing that. So another thing that I can do and I can, you know, another time I can, I can video how to do it for you, but it's called transverse friction. And I think it's kind of the godsend for most powerlifters. So transverse friction and massage therapy school is you're essentially, uh, if you can think about sanding wood against the grain, that's what you do to the muscle. You know, everyone rolls out or they use like a racquetball and stuff to, to roll. They have those Theraguns, which yeah. feel great. Um, and they do loosen up the muscle, but they don't strip it. They don't actually break up the adhesions and they don't cause um, the muscle to uh, to reset 
essentially. Basically, when you go against the grain, you're really digging into a muscle, and you do that for a while, and you kind of find that point that it's really like bound up, and you work it to a point where it'll actually essentially freak out and then just like relax. It kind of it's like, like similar to a like adhesion release, or I think that's what it's referred to, like adhesion release therapy or something. Like yeah, that. like there, there's different variations of it. Point there's like point pressure, acupressure. Um, all of them are very similar incarnations. Um, I think. This one particularly, as it again relates to powerlifting, I think is the most useful because the stripping against the grain forces the just it really just breaks up the muscle the most. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, it's it's not hard to learn at all. Yeah. So um, I uh, actually have had issues with my lower back it's from squatting, and so like I'll go see this guy, um, uh, not too far away from where my gym is here in Iowa, and. I think he refers to it as adhesion release therapy, and he pretty much just like takes his tool and like just grinds it into my lower back. And yep, yeah, honestly, that, yep. Like, that's it. That's like there's no, not a whole lot to it. Like it's not very uh, comfortable. No, it <laughs> sucks. It, but, yeah, like, it sucks like, so bad. It, it works really well for my lower back. Yeah, and and it's because you know your muscles, especially if you think about like power, obviously powerlifting or you know any weight or even weightlifting, any progressive loading you know of your mus- musculature um and the it's going to hold that that tension so you know it's like even on your days off it's like you have that pump you know um yeah. and and that's all that tension which is good to a, a point but also if it's limiting the muscles range of motion that it can contract then that loss of contraction is literally untapped power output um and that's really it. And so, like, what he does, like, with that guy you go to is very similar. Uh, transverse friction is just more, is just, is just another, is just another variation of it. Um, it's a little bit simpler. You don't need a tool. A uh, tool probably for your back because your back is probably so, so thick. He can't really do it with his hands. So yeah. using the tool obviously is better. But for your forearms, uh, I could, there's a good, I have a good, like, handful of different ways to, to really just fucking hit those forearms and your bicep and your shoulder. That I bet if you do it, and it's not an overnight, it feels better like, immediately. But it's one of those things where if you, if you just kind of you do it pretty consistently, you know, a little bit every day, or you know, before you know, before your sets uh, of anything, um, it really starts to kind of reverse the you know reverse the process essentially because you know it takes time for it to get that bad. Then it takes some time to unwind it essentially. Yeah, um, sure. But I want. I wonder if doing that and releasing and getting some length back in your forearms would also help, and your biceps would also help with that. Um, yeah, because I mean, if you're so you know inflamed in your in your forearms, and especially when you get you know you get pumped and you're you know you're going heavy, all those muscles in your forearms swell, and then they go through that little tube tunnel that is your wrist, and it swells and pushes against your wrist, and then your whole hand is basically, you know. But the, I think Joe Sullivan has called it fat hand, like where the hand your hand gets like really fat and just like bleh, and you can't fucking yeah. hold on to shit. Um, and obviously there's other factors that go into that specifically, but that is part of it is the the swelling. So I I, I would definitely send you do that yourself. Have your wife do it. It's really easy to learn, and I'd be curious to see how it if it helps. Yeah, I'm I'm always open for you know opinion or suggestions on what to do like i'm I'm definitely no expert and i don't claim to be so like i I don't see how 
doing something like that's gonna hurt me by any means. Yeah, if anything, it it feels better. But I, I do think I do think it would. I, th- I think you would think you'd probably enjoy doing enjoy it. But you'd enjoy maybe what you get out of it. <laughs> so yeah. in that sense, but um, but I'm sorry that we that I totally derailed that and what you were saying. But I just wanted <laughs> I did want to share because I got excited. I'm like, oh, I think I know something for you. Uh, yeah, you know, when right. you're talking about massage, I actually just once I got back from uh, this last meet, I, I actually went and got my first uh, deep tissue massage, and I, I didn't realize what I was missing out on, dude. I, it's it true. Painful. <laughs> it is. But no, I, I felt like really good, like right afterwards. And I was like, felt like awesome for quite a few days afterwards. And yeah, it, so, yeah I, I would definitely say like, it's worth it. Like I already have my next appointment scheduled. So. Good. Oh, uh, uh, and that's and honestly, you keep doing that. That also will make a huge difference. Like you'll and just in everything, you'll you'll just your body will sit better within itself. You know, it's not trying to you know be bound up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I think more people should do it. Obviously it is a luxury. Like you have to obviously pay money for it. Um, but that's why I think like with the transverse friction technique, like that shit is easy. Like I went to school for that and I learned it and I was like, that's fucking it. That's, that's, that's what I'm like. I'm like, I, I think it's dumb. I'll teach anybody it. Like I can teach them how to do it in 10 minutes. And then after that, they just have to practice it. Like it doesn't take long. It's, it's really, honestly, it. When it comes to like just taking care of your body. Like, you know, a lot of people might say they don't have time for it, and you know, I, I'm not, I'm guilty of it myself also. But you know, it doesn't take much to get a foam roller, roll out a little bit, do some stretching, and you know, doing other things like you're talking about here. Like, yeah, it, it and it goes along, and that's a difficult. yeah, and that's the thing is, it, and it's really easy to keep up on. It's like I always. I was taught that it's like a piggy bank, whether it's a penny, nickel, or a dime. As long as something goes into the bank, it adds up. So even if it's a penny every day, uh, that's fine. Um, Because that's how you get bad. Like anybody who's had really bad injuries or really bad whatever, you know, you didn't start that way. You, You did things, you worked out, you whatever it is. And then over time, you accumulate that dysfunction and it, and it adds up in the same way. No, I agree. And you know, I, I run into my aches and pains here and there. And a lot of times, like I said, I'm, I'm guilty of it. It's, it's mainly because I'm not taking enough time to take care of myself. It's true. Um, I talked about it on the previous episode that I released. I interviewed my coach, Scott, Scott Miller from Stronghouse. And one thing that we, we talked about was that the one thing that in our sport is missing but is coming and those who do it are reaping the benefits is is simply mobility but that's always like a stereotype of anyone who lifts heavy is like oh you guys can't reach behind your neck it's like no that's not true like you need to have good range of motion i mean weightlifters especially are very flexible and i think powerlifters can be too the ones who aren't are just ignore it um you know or don't do it uh but if you can add because again mobility means more range of motion and again if you can reset the muscle length that's more range of motion equals more force production and you'll be able to do more um and so that little bit of stretching or rolling out really does can go a long way and that i think is missing and i think it's coming back you know coming back it's coming in and people are like yeah i like not feeling like shit when i'm not lifting that's what a a concept yeah I, i i can agree with that for sure um but sometimes like also to an extent like i don't mind 
feeling like a little bit tight going into my workouts, but obviously there's a difference between feeling a little bit tight and obviously like being in pain. So yeah. And knowing the difference and also, and I completely agree and I quantify that every, the, what is a proper amount of mobility and flexibility will range depending on somebody's sport. Because obviously yeah. what we need as powerlifters, we're, we don't need to do, we don't need to be like a yoga girl Gumby. Like we don't need to, we don't, if it's actually would be bad. If we're that loose, your body's not going to be able to hold load. Yeah, that would be, and actually that's, it's something actually I ran into when I started lifting is I'm hyper flexible due to martial arts for years. I've had to like tighten up and try to get more control over some of my, over some of my, um, my limbs and my joints because I'm too flexible. Like I could still do the splits. Like now I'm yeah, a little I tighter. Definitely couldn't do that. Yeah, like I, yeah, I still can. Even though, even though I'm a little tighter, like right off the bat, as soon as I kind of warm into it, I'm I can go pretty flat. And even now, so that's you know, I, you know, it's it's knowing what is appropriate for whatever your focus is as a person who does yeah, a sport. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's you you have to recover as hard as you train. You know, and, and I do think that that's. Again, coming back around and people are realizing that. Yeah, and, you know, I seem to, I agree with you. It seems like I'm noticing more and more of that in the powerlifting world. Granted, I haven't been into it, into it for too long, but it seems like I, I see quite a few people talking about mobility work and taking care of yourself. And, yeah, and, and I think it's because, you know, you see... You know, obviously, you feel better. You're not breaking yourself, um, but also I do. I do think people want the sport to obviously advance and grow, and that part of that comes with rising the level of, you know, taking the talented, strong people who are already there, and now you know you just want to make yourself better, and part of that is going to be longevity. So, you know, yeah, you got to just get you know get better, and always, you know, and always, not just. And, and, you know, one aspect of it. Um, so I think that's always part of it. Um, you know, and going into into that, you, I also squat and wraps. I, and I watched your squats. And again, you went three for three that day. And they were money. And they were great to watch. Like, it was, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. That's definitely the one that I'm, like, really proud of. Because when it comes to squatting, I honestly really dislike squatting <laughs> it's not comfortable for me but you know i feel like i've um, done a lot of work with just trying to figure out what works best for me and when it comes down to you know i'm recording myself during my warm-up sets and all my top sets and i'm just trying to figure out like what looks more natural or what feels better and even though like i feel like my my form technique i i've feel a lot more comfortable with it i still really dislike squatting yeah it's i I, i've come to love squatting but only because i forced myself to because it used to scare the shit out of me yeah uh like yeah not a fun feeling having that kind of weight on your back no like yeah exactly like and like even when i go to like heavier top sets like yeah this still can smash me and every time i see someone like dump the bar forward or anything like it gives me like the heebies because i'm just like oh no don't do that (laughs) um why um but you know i've i and maybe it's yeah 
because I suck at it. Yeah, same thing. I wanted to get better, and it is the bread and butter of the sport. Um, so, what did you? What are some of those steps if you were going to kind of, you know, sh- obviously share for you? What did you do that, you know, that you Im- implemented to help you get better at it? When you say like, you know, um, looking at yourself and videoing, like, what do you look for? Um, honestly, like, like I don't feel like I was ever at a point where I was like bad at it. I just, you know, it just it has never. I think it just, like you said, it's like, you know, you got a lot of weight on your back and it's just not comfortable for me. But, um, I think, uh, for quite a while I was having issues hitting depth. And so at that point I was like, okay, what can I do? Something simple to address that. So then, you know, I just started adjusting like my foot placement, like, okay, maybe I need to go wider. And then I'd be like, all right, well, maybe I can, uh, change where my toes are pointing and I was doing that for a while and you know I started getting some hip flexor pain I was like alright well maybe I can go back to being a little more narrow and have my toes more pointed forward and at that point it seemed like uh, I was able to start hitting depth a lot better wasn't in pain and uh, for the most part I don't really squat too narrow anymore I've widened it out just a little bit and it's not cause me any issues with my hip flexor. So it seems like that's about where I'm going to be stuck. And, you know, I'm uh, finally at the point where as long as I can tell myself inside my head to actually try and carry the squat, then it seems like I have, for the most part, issued. But, you know, I think uh, it's just kind of a mental game for me. It's like when I start getting that heavier weight on my back, it's like, all right, well, be a little bit easier, you know, if I didn't bury my squat and then I start doing that and then I start getting rubbed on depth. So I just yeah. stop yeah. <laughs> convince myself to just try and go as low as possible and you know, if it's not there then trust the spotters will help me get the bar back up. So Yeah. Yeah, that's really what you yeah, that's what you have to do and it's yeah, it, it's scary. Like for me, I'm 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 the worst um, out of the hole because I have no problem hitting depth, even though I'm a draft person. It's just because I'm flexible, so I get I get fucking I get balls to the basement. But of course, my fear is like, can I get back up? <laughs> so, <laughs> getting here that was easy. Getting back up is that's uh, another story. Um, and so like I so I've had to focus on on how uh, what my coach says uh, jumping from the bottom. You know, it's like as soon as you hit that depth to kind of hit that and to drive your back into the bar, yeah. um, which I suck at. I'm still getting, still learning. I'm still trying to get it. Um, what What are some things that you think about? And I think about that when I squat. Like my my mental like dialogue when I squat is, you know, a center, pull under the bar, step under the bar, wedge, brace, you know, stand, step back, rebrace depth driving to the bar you know and rap. I, I just i go through that in my head what is what i what, would say yeah. uh, you're definitely uh thinking a lot more about it than i do <laughs> <laughs> dude, uh, dude i i think about everything way more than i should <laughs> yeah so like my big thing you know before i interact the bar it's like i'm just trying to get like a really good brace before i interact it you know especially with uh these past few meets i've done i have to walk the bar out or walk the squat out and i'll so I have to get a good brace before I start, before I even unrack it, and you know, get back there, do my best not to trip or fall over, 
hitting the uprights with the weight or whatever, and you know, get to that point, reset, take a really good uh, breath, brace, and at that point, the only thing I'm really concerned about is just trying to go as low as possible. And I know, like, obviously, I'm not the type of person that's going ass to grass by means, but I want to get to the point where, like, I'm not going to have to worry about whether or not, like, I'm going to pass a squat two to one or something like that. Like, at this point, my goal is, you know, just bury it. Yeah. to the point where like it's not questionable anymore yeah do you have like a physical marker that it's so, like for me um i can i can shove my elbows pretty far forward because i'm like again because i'm flexible so when my elbows touch my thighs i know i'm i'm good on depth like it's literally like i connect the inside of yeah. my elbow to my to my quad um and as soon as i touch that i come back up do you have like a physical marker that you use to pop up so much um you're like i'm just I'm just focusing on not yeah, tripping like, honestly, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm trying to just go like as well as possible but you know like i guess when like i'm all the way down the hole like i feel like that's like there's a lot of pressure built up at that point like a lot of pressure built up in my my knee wraps and then you know like just like my core in general it's like all right it's either i stand up now or like or I, or I die so, yeah or you die <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's a really good contrast because uh, I've been my 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 coach and my friends some of that that I, I overthink and so I like how I gave you like a seven step thing a minor dialogue and you're like yeah I just try not to trip and then I just go as far down as I can go and then I stand up and I'm like all right well I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad the contrast between us is apparent <laughs> like I do the overthink it then I need to, I need to do I need to do the Cody way. I just won't think anymore. <laughs> Maybe it'll be yeah, better. Well, you know, as long as you're not tripping over your feet, I guess it's a, <laughs> it might work out for you. I know. I am I am not a graceful person, so I can't promise that. But as long as I, I don't, uh, yeah, as long as I don't trip, especially in wraps. That's like, oh, yeah, oh sure. I remember the first time I, I unracked a squat in, my, in wraps. I was like, the fuck do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, I, you know, I used wraps at every single meet I've ever done, and still to this day, like they are not comfortable. Like I complain about it, and anyone that's ever worked out with me in the gym while I'm wrapped my knees, they know I complain about it, and they give me shit for it, which rightfully so. <laughs> right, rightfully so. But I, I, but you know what? Whatever gets the weight up, like I, I love wraps for that reason because, like, I actually, yeah, I, exactly. I, I squat better. I, I mechanically think I squat better in wraps because they force me to really you know, pull down and like, and drive up. Like I just have that, just feeling them as like a physical marker gets me out of my head. So I like, maybe that's what it is. And I'm just, uh, I like anything that gets me out of my fucking over, overzealous head. Yeah. Um, what kind of, what, what kind of wraps do you use? What are your favorite wraps? Um, I'm using the iron rebel outlaws. And then before that I was using iron rebel, Rhinos, I think I definitely like the outlaw, Outlaws way better. Really, I, I haven't yeah. tried the Outlaws. I've heard good things about the Outlaws. I've I've used. I've honestly only ever used. I've used the the strong their Stronghouse knee wraps. I haven't. Um, I want to try the Chokers. Uh, the Frank uh, Frank Daddy Chokers because yeah. those they look fun. 
I'd like to try the Phantoms, um, the Pioneer Phantoms. Um, the Stronghouse, the B, uh, BMF wraps, if you ever, you know, uh, get your hands on those, that's what I the, have used. And so far, those are my favorite. I really like those. Yeah, and like I said, like I bitch about putting Omni wraps. And so those, uh, the Iron Rebel Outlaws, it's like a softer material, but it, it's, it's thicker and it's still got some decent stretch to it. So like I, I've seen like other people's wraps like in the gym before and like the material is just like so coarse. I was like, oh man, that just, yeah. just like, tear my skin up and that just give me something else to complain about. <laughs> just why am I doing this? Why am I here? Yeah, exactly. Just having a full existential crisis up until you get to the platform. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that uh, uh, keep your mind off of uh, <laughs> overthinking the squad at that point. It like, does. It does. I, I feel really secure. I'm like, well, I know I'm not going to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, I, I figured the harder it is for me to get down in the squat, the better it's going to be because it's just all, I'm just going to, you know, spring that up. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, I think that's the point of having them out in the first place. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I honestly, but actually, I actually like wrapping knees. Like I go to like the meets, like the local meets and everything. And I'll just, I'll just, I will, because, you know, there's always, you know, these guys who need their knees wrapped. And, of course, they usually, they're used to doing it themselves, which is never as tight. And they're at the meet, and obviously you're tired, and they're, you know, and so I will, I let, I'll just go, and I'll just see if anyone needs their knees wrapped. Uh, I actually really enjoy, enjoy it, even though it is hard. But uh, I feel like feeling like I contribute to their squat. Like, if I give them a really good knee wrap, um, and they get, you know, a second or third attempt, I feel like I helped. And yeah, I like that. At the end of the day, you know, if you put your health out, it's good for him workout. So. Oh man, it's a cardio. I'm I sweat. I'm sweating. Like I'm like I. There's only one other profession I think sweats more on their knees. Um, <laughs> that's that's whores. If no one got the joke, it's it's whoring. <laughs> whoring is is that profession. Yeah. <laughs> I have to explain my joke. Most people don't get my jokes. I'm making sure that I explain my joke. Um, but really, no, I, I, I do, I do enjoy it. Maybe I'm just a glutton for, for the punishment, but, um, it's fun for me. So if, if I'm ever at a meet with you and you want your knees wrapped, I will, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap you up. Yeah. See, the funny thing is, uh, every meet I've ever done, I have always self-wrapped my knees. Oh man, you're missing, you're missing out on some, on some, on some pain <laughs> and some like, complaining. I, I, I bitch about it too much. Like, I don't know if like, I'd be able to handle the pain of someone else doing it for me because I know that they'd be able to get it tighter than what I can do. So, but, but, but then, but then they're in the inverse, like maybe it would be horrible, but, but then the squat goes really well. So <laughs> there's a really good chance that honestly, if I had someone else wrapping my knees, I, I probably could get more out of wraps than what I'm getting right now. I'm 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 just saying. Just on the next meet, three 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 fi- three fifty kilo squat, five hundred bench, and uh, you get that eight hundred four pull. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry because uh, those numbers are actually pretty close to what I'm thinking will happen for my next meet. So ah oh, yes, I was close. Well, because I saw that you you were you were going to come to Cali for the current. It was a current, right? Yep. Yes. Um. That's a, that's only a couple hours from me. By the way, okay. so I, I definitely will be coming to watch that and watch everybody compete. Um, and um, you, you just say the word, man. I'll, I'll, cr- I'll crank those wraps. Hell, if you need to hit me, I'll take it. I'll, whatever gets you the squat, whatever gets you that squat, I will take a hit for the team. 
Well, yeah, but, uh, so another thing that would be really nice to have a crew that year, uh, they're going to be using a monolift this time, and I think it's the first time they used a mono since the very first time they put on the, yeah. the curve. So, and I haven't squatted out of mono at, and so I think I've done like four meets now where I've walked out of squat. So, I, uh, I will definitely be excited to not have to walk out not have to walk out yeah a mono, mono mono is always nice the gym I, I that i train out of here we have a mono and uh it's it's nice i mean i usually walk out anyway i only not walk out you know every every so often but it's yeah. a, it's nice to be able to have the choice yeah for sure which is good um and what about what about your your bench is awesome um you have I and mean, maybe just because you have that you know donkey kong upper body but you know what is you know i guess you could say like something that you think of or, or not think of uh in bench that you like to you know maybe impart to people so uh i think for the most part the reason my bench is it, it's pretty good for my weight class is uh back in high school football like I, Pretty sure the only thing my high school football coach cared about was bench pressing. <laughs> if I was ever in the weight room during football season, like I'd be bench pressing. Like I'd bench press two or three times a week. <laughs> That's all like we really cared about. And so I, honestly, I imagine this really stereotypical like Midwest yes, football coach. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, your, your boys bench pressing in here. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, my, my four years in high school, I think I squatted once in high school. And I am deadlift a single time. Yeah, yeah, all we could about was That's funny. Yeah, so needless to say, bench pressing it's it's came pretty natural to me. I think like I have a pretty stereotypical uh, body type build that works well for bench pressing. Yeah, um, Donkey Kong. You have a big big chest and short yeah. short arm, and just it works. Yeah. So, like, I, that's another thing. Like, it, it's not something I really have to overthink too much. It, I think, for the most part, it just comes natural. Um, what seems to be helping me, for whatever reason, it's like for a while, like you know, I started getting up to heavier weight. Like, my descent was really slow. I think some of it also was because we were talking about earlier, like, if that bicep tendon pain started setting in, it was just so painful on the descent for like my very first rep, but, you know, obviously if I'm only doing a single, that's the only rep I'm doing. So anymore, like my big thing is like, I'm concentrating. I'm just making sure my descent is decently sped up. I don't like to die bomb it by any means, but after that point, you know, get the press command and do the best I can to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just, I pick up the weight, Nicholas, and I, and then I move it. So that's my secret. I just, uh, I pick it up. And I move it, and uh, I'm pretty good at it. So point A to point B. So I guess what I can say is just suck less at it and uh, <laughs> do it more. Yeah. Do it more until yeah. hey, there's a lot to be said for that. Do it more until you start sucking less. Exactly, and that's that's you know that's uh, there's wisdom in that. There's that Midwestern wisdom. <laughs> you suck at it, do it more. Eventually, you won't suck. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. Just dis- disclaimer: the, the timeline is contingent on you. <laughs> we didn't say how soon, but eventually. Uh, um, and what about uh, then? What about the pools? Because um, 
I mean, I'm I'm expecting you to say that you just you you just you pick it up and fuck the bar and you're good to go. <laughs> um, but really, you, you know, but really, you you know, you pull sumo and you have a really a really good wedge and um, you know, and it was fast. Your opener and your 350 kilo were real pretty actually and i i interviewed um you know frank daddy mr chokers and he's you know he watched you there and we we brought that up about a great sumo if someone wants to see a good example of a efficient sumo pool that they should you know they should you know watch yours and uh and he said that i agreed with him but so he that was from him um yeah brandon's a nice guy (laughs) brandon brandon is so nice he is so so nice um, yeah, um, I, I, sumo, it's another one of those things that kind of came natural to me. I, I, my hips are definitely built for it. So it, it was never like, you know, I hear a lot of people like talking about like having work on mobility to get their hips to open up. That, that's nothing that, that has never been an issue for me. Like, and for the longest time I used to just pull conventional and that was before, like, I kind of started getting serious into powerlifting. And like the first time I pulled sumo, I was like, "Oh, this is a." Like I said, it came natural to me. I was like, "This is way easier than pulling conventional." It's like I don't know why I haven't been trying to do this much sooner. Yeah, yeah. That's why I've always. I mean, I'm I'm pulling conventional now because it, it's working better. But before, I was the same thing. I did sumo and it was easier. Um, and then for some reason, somewhere along the way, it stopped being easier. And right now, my conventional is easier for fuck all reason. Who knows? Um, it makes no goddamn sense, like, it, at all. And, and I was, like, working on it. And, again, I tanked my meat. I actually passed out on my third attempt from my, my last meet. Well, I, I blacked out. And then I, like, I came back pretty quickly. But I fell forward and had to catch me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, they'll send you the video. It's funny. Uh, it looks atrocious. <laughs> Like I, 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 I'm, I'm like pulling, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm pulling, I lose my wedge. I lose a lot of my brace. It looks disgust Like it's the horrible technically. And then I black out, I fall forward and like, I come to and they ca- and I'm I was like face and the, the, the head judge catches me. Um, and the spotter is just like, Oh my, my bad. I didn't get him. Yeah, he he was yeah he was shocked. He was just like, oh shit! <laughs> you see it in his face. He was really concerned. Uh, he was fine. Um, but yeah, but then for some reason it it you know my I you know obviously going into off season I started doing you know doing your off season conventionals just to build some build up and then uh, my coach was like uh, that looks better and I was like I don't fucking understand this. But okay, fine, whatever. We'll we'll, just, we'll do it. Um, yeah, I mean that's good. It's great if you if you naturally can just get it and just kind of find that in your, your hips are made for it. Like, okay, more power to you. And honestly, I, I think that's the biggest thing for like a sumo sumo puller. It's like it's either your hips are going to be built for it or they're not. Yeah, and like I think like the more you have to like really struggle to open up your hips, it's that's maybe it's just not what you should be pulling like maybe choose stick with being a conventional puller yeah you know yeah and it makes sense like you know whatever you have to do i mean that's why for me it's why it it doesn't make sense because i'm so fucking flexible in my hips like i i know like it, i technically and and i'm long-legged so technically like i should do that but nope I don't. I don't make any fucking sense, Cody. I don't. This is this is my this is my issue. This is why I have a podcast, and I'm not a great lifter. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. well, at least you're aware that it doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, right. I, I just that's I've accepted that just as my life. My life doesn't make sense. I don't make sense. I'm a dichotomy wrapped in a bow on a fish hook. It doesn't make sense. Um, but it's cool. It makes me special, I think. Or a special bus. Either way. Either way, it's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we've gone through all three lifts and and uh, pretty much tell, you know. I think we're just going to have to re-nickname you as just like the natural. Cody the natural Blossick. There. Maybe they'll let me um, announce that at the Kern. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'll change my uh, Instagram handle to that. I'm saying no one will no one will dispute it at this point. Everyone will be like, yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. That's about right. Um, so you're planning on doing the Kern, which is exciting. Again, I definitely will be coming and watching and wrapping a knee if you if you give me the go ahead. Um, and see when it, when is that? I, I when are they doing that? It's in the spring. It's like March, right? I, I want to say it's April. I want to say it's. Okay. Early April. Okay. Yeah, I think you're. I think yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like I always. I was feeling it was March, but I think you're right. It's like early April. So it's spring. It's springtime, and yeah, yeah, and like San Diego. So that's exciting. Um, so that gives you. That's a good like what six months away. Yeah, I want to say six, eight months, something like that. Nice. And then you're not going to do anything in between. Then just off season. Just focus on that. You know, I kind of considered it. I looked at like um. Know that same local meet that I did before up here in Dubuque. I was kind of seeing if, like, maybe I could get it fit into my work schedule. Maybe do just like a meet up there at like 198, not cut weight or something like that. And I just don't think it's gonna end up working out with my work schedule. It's like, all right, well, you know, yeah. I, if I'm really concerned about it, I can just do like a mock meet at my gym or something like that. Yeah, but I mean. You, you probably will be just fine. <laughs> so yeah. it's good to have that time away, especially yeah, after it's, such. It's, just gives me less things to worry about too. So true. I, I mean, I'm going into it like you know, not cutting weight. I work to do 198, but I'm sure I'd still take it. Yeah, decently serious. Yeah, of course. So, so actually, yeah, I I did want to ask that. So you you what do you walk around at? Um. Yeah. So like like right now I'll be going into a really long off season and like um typically i'll see myself walking around at like 200 or 205 somewhere in there okay and then, that's heading into, yeah heading into a meet about six to eight weeks out i start cleaning up my diet and i do a really small caloric deficit get myself down to about like 190 pounds and that way i can do my water cut from there and just a super simple water cut that's and you know i've always weighed in really light for my meets. Uh, this year at the Kern, it was the lightest I've ever weighed in. I want to say I weighed in at like 176. Yeah. Man, you might, yeah. at 176, 76, you're probably shredded. So that's, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Felt pretty good about myself. I was still pale, ghost white, but Right. I mean, it's, yeah. So how do, so how does that feel? So so you do that you know, regularly, um, not regularly, but you know you you're experienced in going into that. What, like, how long does that process take from going, let's say, two hundred two hundred five, do a small caloric deficit? What's that caloric deficit like? And then once you're there, like, how long does it take to get to the one ninety? And then how long is the water cut? So yeah, like I said, about six to eight weeks out was where I started. So you know, I'm somewhere hovering between two hundred and two hundred five. And so, you know, do roughly 10 to 15 pound cut doing, during 
program and meat prep. So, you know, I'm trying to cut somewhere between one or two pounds a week. And it, I wouldn't say it's enjoyable, but it also is to the point where it doesn't really affect my strength that much. And so, you know, my goal is to be about 190 pounds the night before starting my water cut. And, you know, I've uh, been able to water cut with the wrestling background. I did it so many times that the water cuts honestly don't really, they're not that difficult for me. I'm not going to say they're fun by means or easy, but like, um, like this last minute of tribute, like I weighed in at 179. And, like, if I needed to, I know I probably could have cut another three or five pounds. But, obviously, that's definitely not necessary. So. Yeah, not necessary. So, what, is, what does a water cut look like for you? I'm honestly – I'm not – I know, of course, not what they are. I'm not – I've never needed to do one. So, I don't really know what that – you know, what they consist of on, like, a on, yeah. a, on a detail so, scale. So, kind of the same thing as, like, what I was talking about with, like, my training. I don't like to overcomplicate things. And so, like, with, like, my diet, like, lean up to me, like, I don't track my macros. Like, I, the only thing I really am concerned about is, you know, uh, just trying to hit my certain calories in the day. Um, at that point, I'm also, like, I, my diet's pretty decently clean. So, I, I, if I were to track my macros, I'm sure they're, they're decent by any means. But, um, so, when it comes to the water cut, um, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about doing, like, water loading and salt loading and all that stuff using distilled water like I don't do any of that um I might try and take in a little bit more water like a few days beforehand than what I normally would like so normally I'm doing like a gallon a day so at that point you know I might hit like a gallon and a half or something like that but you know go to sleep the night before I start my water cut and wake up you know I'm not really I very very small breakfast um the day of cutting water, you know, I might take in 500 calories or something like that, 700 calories, nothing crazy. And uh, when I cut water, I just sit in a hot tub. I do about 20-minute sessions in a hot tub throughout the day. And once my weight is comfortable where I think I need it to be, then I just stop. Uh, the world is so much more simple in, in, in your, in your, <laughs> for you, <laughs> it's, I, let's see like that, that doesn't sound like bad, like, okay, like, that, like you said, it doesn't sound fun, but it also doesn't sound yeah. like bad, because, yeah, like, uh, like, you hear, it's not fun, but, it's, like, but it's not the worst thing either, like, um, like, I, I think I, I start my water cuts probably a little sooner than what most people do, but, um, yeah, that way, I, I don't have to stress about it so much, and I, I, I can take my time throughout the day. It's like, all right, and then I can take like a, a break in the middle of the day, get up, go out, go walk around, do some stuff with my wife or something. And that way I can come back later and, you know, do a few more 20 minute sessions in a hot tub. And, you know, towards the night, I'm, you know, I'm done. And I usually go to sleep like underweight, anyways. Not fun, but there's also not a whole lot to it either. Yeah, and so you so you basically doing the water cut 24 hours essentially before you weigh in, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I guess if you want to get really technical on it, you know, the last thing I really drink is you know before I go to 
to sleep the night before, so it, it might be pushing closer to 36 hours without water. I might chew on some, like, ice chips throughout the day just to, you know, have a little bit of something so cotton mouth doesn't get too crazy, but... Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. and yeah, because it's true, you hear people they have such horror stories of cutting water, you know, doing a water cut, and they sodium load, and they back load, and they all this stuff, and then you know, obviously, like, it, you hear it constantly that it affects their strength, it affects their performance, that they're essentially, um, they don't rehydrate very well, I don't, I don't think, and then, you know, they suffer meat day. So after you weigh in, like, you know, obviously, it's a much more simple approach, probably more holistic in a lot of ways. Um, you know, after you weigh in, um, how do you feel? Like, what do you do after you weighed in, you made your weight, um, you just, what then? Um, so it's been really nice, like, the past uh, three meets I've been to, they actually have, like, uh, IV stations on site. So I get weighed in and get an IV put in right away, and definitely, like, at that point, like I said, it's not super difficult, but like, at that point, like, I don't feel all that great, you know? <laughs> Going, yeah. Pushing 36. Six hours without any water, but uh, yeah, you know those those IVs for me they seem to be really helpful. And at that point, throughout the rest of the day, my goal is just to not eat like too big of a meal because I've done it in the past before, where like I was like, great, now I can eat. I'm gonna go eat whatever the hell I want, and you know, take down a huge meal, and then I screw myself. I can't eat the rest of the day. I'm just like stuffed, and I pretty much barely put on any weight doing that. But now, like, if I'm a little more I guess in the way I see it, it's smarter about it. It's like I just make sure I'm slowly drinking on water throughout the day, just a few small meals here and there, and maybe towards the end of the night, if like my stomach feels like it's up to it, I'll have like maybe a, a decent sized meal. But throughout the day, like I do my best to stay away from just like trying to stuff myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think that people. You know, from what I've heard, they kind of, like you said, they just they try to just drink everything and eat everything in sight, and they end up just kind of almost making themselves sick. You know, yeah, like they're just, I, your, your body's pissed. Like my, my first two meetings, like I, I just felt horrible after I weighed in. That's what I was trying to do, and it just it did not work for me. And I I bet I only put somewhere between three and five pounds on, if that. And you know, this last meet, I weighed in at one seventy nine, and when I went to sleep that night, so roughly. 12 hours later or whatever, I would sleep at 194. So I put on 15 pounds. Oh, nice. Yeah, that is definitely a lot better. Yeah, and the majority better. of it's just water at that point. Like, yeah. Like I said, I didn't, I'm not eating a whole lot throughout the day. Yeah, but still. And then come meet day, so, you know, you can use, you know, this past tribute as the example. Come meet day, like, you know, um, how do you feel waking up? You know, how do you eat, like, throughout the, in the morning and throughout the day? Yeah, surprisingly, um, it seems like these bigger meets, I thought, like, I'd have a little more nerves, be a little more nervous going into them, but, like, I actually get, like, really good sleep, for the most part, going in before me, and so, you know, um, at that point, um, you know, having a good sleep, wake up, I, I can typically, like, have a decent-sized breakfast beforehand, so I'll do that, and, uh, you know, just drinking water throughout the day during the meet, and uh, I try and... Uh, take in um trying trying to eat a bunch of carbs throughout the day just you know feels to me it 
feels like it gives me like some decent energy doing that. So this last me, I was actually eating quite a, quite a bit of gummy bears throughout the day. Let's say, man. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love those gummies. Gummy gang all day. Yeah, and like I said, I think it was between like my bench and my deathlift. A break in between there. I had like a cheeseburger. Nice. So, I mean, you, you again, I, I think I'm probably just going to name the episode that. I'm just going to keep it simple, stupid. Uh, <laughs> the kiss rule. Uh, you know, simple is better in a lot of ways. It, you know, it works for me. You know, and obviously, everyone's different, and it, it's not like that. It's going to work for everyone that way, but it definitely works that way for me. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I do think that the lesson to be learned there is you sh- is that's usually the goal. Like, you want to simplify things. It may, you know, maybe that particular way doesn't work for somebody, but you can find a way that works for you and then you can work on refining that and simplifying it to, yeah, sure. you know, you know, building it in to, because into a way that, like you said, works for you and is something you don't have to think about, you know? Um, and I'm, and again, I'm a class A example of that because I overthink everything. I, and I try to control everything Maybe not control, but uh, I don't know. I, because I've never been naturally good at anything or naturally strong, I feel like I have to do X, Y, and Z and plan and oh, analyze and try to compensate for that. You know? Yeah, and for sure. And like I said, like I, I like to try and keep things simple and like not overthink things. But you know, uh, I, I've gone so long um, with just doing my own thing. And when I first started working with Justin, like – handing over my programming to him was actually pretty difficult for me mentally because it's like, all right, well, like I, I felt like if I hand everything over to him, like it's just actually going to be beneficial for me. And then it just kind of got in the head a little bit. The point was like, all right, well, is he going to screw me up if I just like completely let him take control of everything? And that first meet was difficult for me with him because I had never worked with anyone before. But, you know, we've been working together now for three meetings and we've figured what works best for both of us, really. And, you know, you know, more time together with a coach, it seems to be, is what I think uh, has helped me. Um, I got helped me and Justin work together, just figuring out what works for us. Yeah, and persistence. I would. Uh, it sounds like persistence too, because I think too many people don't actually give you know even a program time to work or a coach. Yeah, I mean, given exactly. that, yeah, I mean, in, like yeah. I said, it was difficult for me. And it's like at first, it's like you know maybe this isn't working. Maybe I should just go back to my own thing. But you know, like I said, you know, I I did that first meet with him and hit a total PR. So it's like, all right, well, can't say it wasn't working. Yeah, you can't say it wasn't working. So maybe the first time's a fluke, but see it through, see if it happens again, and then it does, and then it does again. And I, I'd yeah. say by the third time, it's that's a good, that's a good, it's a good groove. Yeah, for sure. So, and and it does, it does seem to be working. And I'm I'm excited to see you do Kern. I when I saw you post that on your story, I was I was like like you know I was stoked to see that. Um, I think that'll be a great meet all around. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think that'll be fun and, uh, it'll be cool to see what you guys put together for that because I, no doubt it'll, it'll be a a good day 
for everybody who you know who competes. Uh, I, I know they put on a good meet, and so that's gonna be fun. Yeah, um, that'll be a that meet. I want to say a pet cob. I think he'll be competing there. I'm pretty excited to be able to compete against him again. Oh yeah, he's a yeah, he's a great lifter to watch. I haven't he's seen a technician for sure. Yeah, and, uh, this last current, I think he was actually slightly injured. Yeah, sure, yeah, exactly. he he had something there because I know he trains in Vegas with my well, like he trains at my coach's gym, Stronghouse Gym in okay. Vegas, and so they're buddies. And I do, yeah, something was like that where he wasn't at his best that day, but I mean, he still just went and did it, and you know, did his thing. And he still did, he still had a good day. Like I think, I think regardless, I'm sure he wanted better, but um. Yeah, that'll be cool. It'll be cool to see everybody. I mean, that's what's cool about those big meets is to see everybody on that level and just kind of you know you know bring bring that energy to it. That's what makes yeah. it fun. Yeah, uh, local meets obviously they're fun in their own, but like at least for me, local meets like I'm there just trying to do better than what I previously had done. And that at these bigger meets, you know, you're competing against the best of the best, and so at this point, it's like. You know, now there's kind of a chess game involved of like trying to figure out your attempts and what oh, yeah. the other person is. But yeah, the strategy. Yeah, you got to work the board. You got to see where. Yeah. yeah, see the attempt selection. See what you can push and see. I mean, I mean, but it's cool. Like that's what makes a sport interest like fun. You know, that's like the yeah. other side of the sport that most people don't know or understand, and I think they miss out because that is that's pretty cool. Like it's a cool side of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those big meets, they're so they're definitely. Uh, hopefully, uh, they stick around because I, it's it's pretty cool being able to compete against best in the world, pretty much. So yeah, I hope so. I think they will. I think, and I think as they keep getting bigger and we keep getting more and more awesome, good lifters like yourself who are strong, but also bring like a good attitude and a good energy to it. I think that's what keeps it around. It makes people both want to attend and watch and compete. So I think so. Um, and then I know that people are they're trying you know people are trying to put on more meets like that. Like I know like Rob Hall out of Texas was he's doing his Rob Hall Classic in November, and um, like when I interviewed him, he was telling me about the ideas that they had. And he had some really cool ideas that just sound really fun, and they sound like they're going to do an awesome like a really cool meet. And um, I think there's lots of other people who really again just want to make the sport better. They see have ideas that they like to see implemented. And instead of waiting around, they're just like, you know what? I'm just going to try to make what I like, how I want it, how I'd like to see it done, and hopefully people will like it. Yeah, so, it's cool. And like you said, it seems like more of these are kind of popping up, and so you know, hopefully they can learn from each other, like what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's, I think I know that's what I think that's what Rob is doing because I know he's WRPF that federation that CC Holcomb's meet which was doing. Yeah. Um, which I think Kern also is the WRPF, um, yeah. and so um, in Miami, the, I know the hybrid performance, they're WRPF now too. So I think, yeah, I think there's a, I think that trend is coming, and I think that's really cool to see because then obviously more big competitions, more big names, more opportunity, and hopefully, you know, the high level people can you know make money doing it or you know get their get you know just get something for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yes, more chances for competition. I think it just uh, 
helps the sport for sure. Yeah, it raises the level. Yeah. It, it raises the level for everything. It raises the level for the athletes, for the competitors, for the people behind the scenes, for the companies who invest in it. Um, like uh, I know you're sponsored by the Ghost Equipment guys, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I I have not got to use any of their of their stuff yet, but their stuff looks amazing. Yeah, um, they're actually um, they are based out of Iowa also, and uh, where they manufacture the equipment, it's not too far away from my gym. And so um, the owner he works out at my gym, so we have a competition bench in there. Uh, a rack in there. We also got their uh, monolift, also. So, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Equipment awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's top of the line for sure. Yeah. Mean, obviously, I'm pretty biased about that, but it's hey, it's man, really well made. Equipment. Yeah, that's you can be biased if it's true. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with bias if it's true. Yeah. Uh, it, that's what that's what I've heard. I've heard that they're really nice. Obviously, they do great designs, like for anyone. Um, they seem like a cool company, so I, I look forward to being able to use uh, use their stuff. I really hope they get some some representation here on the West Coast because I think so far it seems like that's kind of like the Midwest and the East Coast, um, obviously because it's closer to them. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. But I definitely would like to see them out here. Uh, yeah. Well, so. Um, I mean, so far the one thing I know about is uh, the current they're going to be using their equipment. For- oh, cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So they'll. I think they'll be using their monolift and then uh, their bench also. Cool. Oh, well, that's well, – well, hopefully – I mean, obviously, I I don't get to it's compete in that. Yeah, it's a start. But, I, I mean, hopefully – I'd be cool if they have a booth there and they have some of their stuff set up so that, like, the spectators can, like, you know, fuck – you know, like, feel it and fuck with it. Um, yeah. If they if they haven't thought about that, put that in their in their ear. Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> bring that. Bring an extra bench or an extra rack if you can. Yeah, I'm sure uh, it might be a little easier said than done, but you know, of course, good, I'm sure they they like to. So yeah. Well, if they need somewhere to ship it to, you can tell them they can ship it to me, and I'll like, like I won't keep it. I'll obviously give it to them for that. But they need somewhere to ship it for free. They can just ship it to me, and I'll del- I'll, I'll deliver. That means that they can do it. <laughs> Sorry, I completely completely lost my train of thought there. <laughs> um, happens to me all the time. Uh, I know it's it's, it's horrible. Um, I, I accidentally like hit the stop button on the record and I had to like hit it back real quick and it t- totally threw me off. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Uh, well, on that note, um, it's been like an hour and 35 minutes and I know you're way farther ahead than I am. Um, I, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I, I really was looking forward to this and, uh, you know, you did not disappoint. You're not as shy as you said you were. You talked just fine. So I, I'm trying my hardest. This is, uh, this is out of my comfort zone. I'm, a lot of people that know me know me that I'm a pretty introverted person. So, well, I, you know, well, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm a relatively easy person to talk to. So, that's helpful. Yes. Good. I'm glad. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm both, uh, I'm both idiot and and savant question asker because I don't shut up. <laughs> if you grow up, if you grow up with that moving a lot without many friends, you learn to be your own friend and talk a lot. So. It lends to for a good first for a talking show, um, but yeah, it, it's been it was been great to have you. I've really enjoyed hearing your perspective on things. I think people will get a lot out of it. Um, believe it or not, it is it is unique.
to you. Um, I mean, like I said, I've, it's been about 15 episodes now. You'll be number 16, which is cool. Um, and so far, I can tell you, we haven't really gone over or covered anything else that we talked about today in the same way. And so I think I really enjoyed it, and I think other people will too. And I hope, even though it's outside your comfort zone, uh, yeah, you should do more of it. You're, 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 you're as likable as you are strong. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just the, the Midwest, like charm and hospitality, like manners thing, but it it works. So (laughs) keep it going. Um, I I have my moments too. and I can be an asshole when when I need to be, but I I try my best to be a decent person. I I think that's, that's really what it comes back. It comes down to man. Like, just don't be a shitty person, but also don't be a doormat, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's the balance. Like, don't be a doormat. Don't be a shitty person. Find, find a simple balance, right? There it is. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's the key to life. Like, that's really, you know, don't be an asshole. Be nice to people, but don't take shit. <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. I'm, I, I also have my moments. It's like one out of every 86 moments, but like I have, I'll have them. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome back on anytime. Um, and again, if you, you know, if I ever can come help at a meet, you're going to be here. Uh, if you need a tour guide or you need someone to pick you up from the airport, you you give me a call. Awesome, I'll remember that. Well, thanks for having me on. This was fun. I enjoyed it. So. Good. I'm I am really glad you enjoyed it, and I I think everyone else will enjoy it. So, um, you know, I'll let you. I'll stop stealing you from your wife. I'm sure she's getting. I'm sure at this point she's like, "All right, shut the fuck up, let him come to bed." Uh, she's she's occupied right now. She's got herself a new kitten like a couple days ago, so I think she's. she's oh, oh yeah, I I I I'd, I'd fucking blow you off for a new kitten too. Yeah, I don't blame her. Replaced for a few weeks, I'm sure. While she's enjoying the new kitten, so. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Totally. But hey. It gives us, it gives us time to talk <laughs> before she before she wants you back. So, well, thanks again, man. Have a wonderful night. Again, come back anytime, and um, I, I look forward to seeing what you do in the future. And uh, I'm rooting for you all the way. Cool, good deal. Thank you. Yes, man. No problem. And hopefully, I'd love to come to Iowa because uh, I've never been there, and I would love to lift there. That's one of my goals: is to try to lift everywhere that I can. So. Okay, well, if you need a place to live and you're around my area, just let me know. I, I will literally just come there just to come live with you in your area. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. I will come. I will come for that. That's I will. Uh, it's, I'll, I will be that kitten on the road. Like, please, give me a home and a place to lift. <laughs> I'll be that guy to help you out. Awesome. I really appreciate it. All right, man. You have a great night, and I look forward to talking to you soon, okay? All right. Thank you. You too. All right, man. Take care. Bye. All right, nerds. I want to thank Mr. Cody Blasek again, Cody the Natural Blasek, for coming on. It was such an awesome interview, recapping his meet, you know, recapping just how he got into lifting, you know, his approach, um, you know, just and just from water cuts to you know how the meet went, and um, really just talking to him as a person. He's a really nice guy. And that was a, that's always an awesome surprise to when you see those lifters that are really high level and, you know, and you want to pick their brain. And then they're also just a really nice human being. Uh, that's really the icing on the cake. And really, that's everybody in the sport of powerlifting. And honestly, I find most sports that people who work hard and do something that they really love, uh, there's humility and a kindness to them. And um, it's good for you. It makes 
It makes good people better. So thank you all, speaking of good people, for still listening in this hour and uh, 39 minutes and now 28 seconds. Uh, appreciate you as always. I hope you took something away from this. Hope you learned something from Cody. You can always reach out to him at Deadlifting and Stuff on the Instas. Uh, look at his, you know, go cheer him on. Look at his stuff. Uh, follow him on his competitions. Support him. Uh, he's good people, and good people deserve to be, you know, supported. So, uh, speaking of support, again as always, shout out. Viking Performance Chalk, Calvary Illustrations, The Johnny Horror Show, all you lovely people, I love you all. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm Nicholas, and this is Nerds Who Live Podcast. Nerds Who Live Podcast.